Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello and welcome to The Mystery of Home Education. Today's guest is Kim Androsky. Now, she is a friend of mine who not only is a homeschool mom, sure to encourage us, but she is also the author of several resources which are sure to inspire you. Now, in quick summary, my friend Kim, she has written God is Real. This is a story of her journey from atheism to Christianity. How powerful. She also wrote A Child of Promise. That's to encourage expecting moms who are in crisis. She also wrote Dear Younger Me. I love that title. She wrote that about her two different seasons of being a homeschool mom. We'll talk more about that today. She also wrote Attributes of God as seen through the eyes of a former atheist. And most recently, Kim wrote Creation to Christ, a resource to celebrate Advent. Well, hello, Kim. That was a long list to get through. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Linda. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, I want to also tell our listeners just of another way I know you to make this a little bit more personal. So first of all, my husband, who is a former baseball coach, he coached your son in a homeschool league. So our families were connected, at least locally. But in addition to that, we have a funny story, don't we? So I joined a random exercise class. This was years ago at a church in my area. And I think we met in the bathroom, didn't we? I believe you recognize me just from my books. Do you remember the details? I just remember laughing and becoming fast friends because we worked pretty hard on our waistlines together. Yes. And it was funny, Linda, because I was a little fangirling to meet Linda Hobar, the author of Mystery of History. And what is she doing in my church's bathroom? So it was it was really exciting for me. And then it's fun to see how God has just continued to grow our friendship since then. Yes, and it seems like I bump into you in the strangest of places, unexpected, which is kind of why we're here today, Yeah, because I bumped into you not long ago. So, well, listen, um, I read your book, God is Real, and learned even more about you, which for one is that I think we have much in common, and that we both came to know the Lord at least a little later in our lives. Like I was 17, you also were a young adult. So if you would, please give us a sneak peek into your spiritual journey, since I imagine there are some listeners who may still be wondering if God is real. Yeah. So for me, um, from my earliest memories, I never believed in God. When I was five years old, I told my grandma that I didn't think God existed. My mom has told that story many, many times. By the time I was in middle school and high school, I was an outspoken atheist. I was a debater. I enjoyed arguing with Christians. Um, Honestly, I didn't really know a whole lot about Christianity, but um, the Christians I knew just didn't seem like they really knew how to defend their faith. They um, really weren't prepared to have conversations with me. I would corner them into arguing about Um, how foolish it was to believe in creation or how, uh, you know, how do you know that God exists? You can't see him and things like this. So by the time I was in college, I dated the same guy for all four years. And just before graduating college, 
I had already gotten engaged. I was about to get married. I broke it off with him and I moved to St. Louis, Missouri. And a girlfriend of mine who I had lost touch with called me out of the blue and said she was getting married the very next day and I just had to come. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to this wedding. So I show up at this wedding and meet a guy and he Mm -hmm. and I start talking. And after a couple weeks of having debates about Christianity, he said something about the word saved. And what is really amazing in this, Linda, is that I was uh, so prideful and full of myself that being able to admit I didn't know what something meant is really uh, miraculous, honestly. So Mm -hmm. he uses the word saved. I go, what do you mean saved? And for the first time in my life at 21 years old, I heard that I was a sinner, that I was destined for hell and separation from God, and that the only reason that I could be saved from the just punishment for my sin was to put my trust in Jesus, that Jesus was God in the flesh that he had come to earth and lived a perfect and sinless life and had died on the cross in my place. And if I would trust in him, then I could be saved. And I immediately just started crying. I, I knew I had done so many, so many wrong things, so many times when my conscience was pricking me, but I didn't know. I didn't know what Christmas was about. I didn't know what Easter was about. I didn't, I really had never understood this. And that day I placed my trust in Jesus like this, this much. It was like, dear God, please, if you're real, if this is really true, will you please save me? I want to be saved. And suddenly when I started reading the Bible, like before, when I would make fun of things, I started reading and it was like, wow, this is real. I can't believe it. I couldn't believe yeah. it. It was it was like a light had went on in my head. And I just went from evangelical atheist to evangelical Christian. I just wanted oh. everybody to know about Jesus. Oh, and that hasn't that's stopped. Story. That's true. <laughs> oh, that story is so powerful. Thank you for sharing it. And what stands out to me is realizing that Again, you said you were debating against Christianity, even at a young age, and yet it's not something you had particularly explored. So God just had mercy on that, didn't he? Yes, and waited until you were maybe ready to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a story. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, also from reading your book and your stories, I know that you continue to learn things in your life about how real God is. So share with us, if you would, the very touching story of how you went on to marry, have a child, uh, lose one and gain one. So please share that with others. I think there's many who may relate to this. Yeah, thanks. So within a year after uh, meeting Bill and receiving the gospel and being saved, I got married to the man that had shared the gospel with me. We had our first daughter a year later, and then right on time, right according to my wanting two children three years apart plan, I got pregnant with my second child. And at 12 weeks along, we went in for just a routine ultrasound. I had had a miscarriage early in pregnancy my first time, and so we just wanted to have a regular ultrasound. And at 12 weeks along, as soon as the screen came on, we knew that something was wrong. 
Um, my baby's bladder was the size of his head at 12 weeks, and mm. we knew we knew this was not good. And so they sent us for all kinds of specialists, and you know, had an amnio, had lots of ultrasounds, trying to figure out what we could do. We were presented with three options: we could do nothing, and he would pass away. We could induce labor and um, lose him, or we could try in utero surgery. I think it's amazing that this was presented as the third option for me. So um, most people in this case don't have those kinds of options. So we were presented with the option to have in utero surgery done, and they did. They tried surgery to try and save him, but unfortunately the surgery was not successful. And I found out a couple of days later that he had passed away. This was September 15th of 1998. I had been a Christian for just a couple years. And though I really had believed in God and believed in the word, I wasn't really walking with him. I wasn't really in the Bible. I, I just didn't really feel like I knew. I knew the Bible. Church was confusing. I was so ignorant. And so so when I went through this, this time of loss, I really started searching the Bible in the way in a way that I never really had before. Like I needed God in in a new and personal way. And so my husband and I started thinking about adopting. And we had talked actually about adopting even before we got married, but we thought we would have our two kids and then wait five years and adopt two. This was our mm -hmm. little human oh, our personal plans. plan. Mm -hmm. And so I had had my two and it was time to adopt. So we began the paperwork the first week of January and I have a journal that I started keeping. I was praying for whoever it was that was gonna have my baby and praying for this unborn child. Mm not knowing that that first week of January is when my son, Nick, who Ron coached, he was born that very week when I started praying for this child. And, and so fast forward, you know, we're expecting this is going to take years. I had just lost a baby. I'm thinking this is going to take a long time. Mm -hmm. So we got a call in June, five months later, okay, we have a healthy baby boy ready for you in Russia five and it's time months. for you to go. There is a reason why pregnancies last for nine months. Five months was much too quick, but but it was God's timing, Linda, because the day we arrived in Russia was the day that Nick became available for adoption. And I know that if our paperwork had not gone through, I mean, it was like God was speeding all of that paperwork through so that we would get there for that baby who God had had planned for me. So oh, let me just encourage you. Yes, timing. his perfect timing. His perfect timing. And I know that's so hard to see in a season of loss, you know, it when is. you're on the front end of that. But you have shared with me previously that it was actually some of that very loss that probably had a lot to do with you and your husband than choosing to homeschool. So please share with our listeners that story, how yeah. one went, you know, really to the other. Yeah, so I had continued to work at least part-time to full-time from the time that I had Emily and even when I had Nick, I had, I had continued working. And then um, Nick was about two and a half and Emily about five when I finally was able to start staying home with my kids, which I'd always wanted to do, but not because I was going to homeschool. I just wanted, hmm. you know, I wanted to not. be able to be home <laughs> with my children. 
And now keep in mind, this was in um, 2001. So this was, this was 20 years ago. And homeschooling was not quite as common as it is today. But um, so I started thinking about homeschooling just so I could be home. I wanted to have a relationship with my children in a way that when I'd been working full-time or part-time, I hadn't really been able to be home. And also my daughter, Emily, was five. I know she was just little, but I had learned to read easily before I started kindergarten. My mom said, oh, I would just put you in my lap and I would just point at the words and you just learned how to read. And so I thought, okay, I am going to just, to just for one year, I'm going to just homeschool for this one year. I'm going to build a relationship with my daughter and I'm going to teach her how to read. And then she's going to go to school. Mm-hmm. But God had other plans. <laughs> so often God has other plans. How, I wonder how many of us have said, I'll just try it a year. Yes. And then 17, 20 years later, <laughs> we're still in the movement, but go on. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. So um, out of that, I started um, seeing how God was so, so faithful. Um, okay, so my kindergarten year, when Emily is at home with me, it was actually really, really hard. So Emily and I really butted heads like the Ooh. whole year. So here I'm thinking I'm staying home so that I'm going to build this little sweet little relationship. And instead, this whole year was I am in charge and you do will do what I say. And the um, teacher child to read in 100 easy lessons. Yeah, that they weren't easy. It wasn't 100. We finished the book and my child didn't learn how to read. So at the end of kindergarten, I went and visited the local Christian school. Let's see what this is like. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, so, okay, one more year and a first grade still didn't really learn how to read. End of second grade. Yep. Not really learning how to read, but you know what? Like our relationship was growing. Our, oh. our relationship was growing. I was really enjoying now being home with my children. They were enjoying being with each other. I was really starting to see the relational joys of homeschooling. Isn't and that sweet? Because that's really what you so were in sweet. it for. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I like that. Oh, and real quick, if this will make you feel any better, the first year I homeschooled my kindergartner, I pretty much made her cry almost every day because I had these false expectations and ideas of what a school day should look like. Primarily, yes. I was expecting too much, too fast, and for too long. Yes. We had much to learn, too. But yes. anyway, well, listen, how about we transition to this? Now, with homeschooling growing, I think some people will really like what you want to share next about the book, Dear Younger Me, because yeah. in that, you really parallel your first years of homeschooling versus your later years of homeschooling because they look different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very relevant to today's mom. So yeah. share, if you would, that whole experience. Yeah, so something that's fun with me, kind of picking up, really, it picks up well, kind of right here where we are, because when Emily was in third grade and Nick was in kindergarten, and now I have two that I'm trying to homeschool, a new baby comes into my life. And then three years later, another new little baby comes into my life. And so this time I have these two older kids and then this five-year gap and then these two younger kids. Mm -hmm. I felt like I really got a do-over. And so when I'm with homeschooling moms, it's funny because now I have two that have graduated 
and now married and starting families of their own, but I'm still in the thick of it, having a high school, two high schoolers, you know, mm -hmm. right now. And so people, when they've asked me for advice over the years, I've, I've gotten some insights, you know, of, okay, what would I do differently? What are some things, you know, if you could do it all again, what would you do differently? And so when I wrote this uh, book, I have 10 little nuggets of wisdom that I have learned over now my 20 years of homeschooling and just parenting in general, you know? Mm -hmm. And my first nugget is, and you'll notice that they're all based on scripture versus trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is the first one. I think so often, Linda, it's like you're saying, I went into homeschooling with this human way of how I thought things were supposed to be done. Mm -hmm. And so often I wasn't trusting in the Lord. I wasn't trusting in what his plan was. I was trusting in me. It was still all about me. And and the second, which follows very much like it, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your heart, make your request known to God to not be anxious about mm. stuff. I mean, so, okay, Lord, fine. I trust you. I trust you. But man, I'm really scared. This is really scary. I have these children that I have to take care of and what's going to happen. What is their future like? You know, so much. It, I was nervous. I felt so anxious. And as I trusted in the Lord, and I turned all of my cares over to him week by week. He just grew my faith. He was, he's so faithful. And, and it's funny having two older kids that are trying to learn, you know, I mean, I'm, I was teaching um, my daughter how to drive at the same time as I have a little one still in diapers, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. these were crazy. And then put that together with homeschooling where you're trying, you have preschoolers and middle schoolers at the same time, which leads to me to my third nugget, which was hiding God's word in your heart that you would not sin against him. That mm. I really, I mean, for me, my day, my homeschooling days with my kids has always started first things first. We always are in the word first. We're going to pray first. We're going to memorize scripture first. We're going to read the Bible first. That is, you know, I don't think my parents set out for me to be an atheist. I, I don't, mm. you know, it was just their lack of teaching me. So I wanted to make sure that my kids knew that the most important thing that I wanted them to learn was, was to know and love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love their neighbor as themselves. That was my goal. But it wasn't there in kindergarten, but it, it grew to be there. You know, God was mm -hmm. so faithful. He uses our sinful little things, you know, our selfish little motives, and then he takes it and he makes it something beautiful. So shares the woman who proclaimed at one time to be an atheist, that the most important thing for your family was to see God, know God, know his word. I mean, that's just beautiful because that is transformative. I mean, he transformed your life. That's just a beautiful story. I'm looking Thanks. at you right now and it looks like you're about to well up with tears. <laughs> I, know. I know our <laughs> listeners can't can't see you, but I can. And I know mm -hmm. uh, what those little tears mean. Yeah. And, you know, something else I just want to comment on, Kim, you said a bit ago, like how you felt convicted at times that it was still about you. Well, in a way, it it is about you too, the mm -hmm. homeschooling journey. It's not just you pouring into your children, mm. as beautiful as that can be, but it's about God pouring into you and continuing to whittle mm. us down. And so um, anyway, I think that you're you're speaking truth about that 
even mm-hmm. as you share now too. Mm-hmm. So, well, listen, I feel like you are such a wealth of wisdom and I know you have more stories. I know you've written and addressed women who are carrying children that they know aren't going to make it to term. So there may be some folks that really want to hear more. How can my listeners follow you and continue to, to hear from you? Yeah. So I'll share that um, if you're interested in resources about continuing your pregnancy after you know something's wrong with the baby, that is a ministry at achildofpromise.org. And I have a Bible study and uh, that goes with kind of my story. And that's at achildofpromise.org. My more personal ministry that is more aimed at homeschooling is based on Titus 2, teachwhatisgood.com. So that is where I post more, you know, general kind of encouragement for homeschooling and, and, and for scripture. I just love God's word and that just pours into everything that I do. God I has totally changed title. me. And Teach then I have a YouTube. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, teacher. It's good. And then I have a YouTube channel, but my YouTube channel is really more aimed at my testimony of coming from atheism to being a Christian. And so it is at former atheist 5-8 because of Romans 5-8. Former atheist 5-8 is my YouTube channel. Okay. See, once again, you're just a plethora of uh, resources here from many different (laughs) angles because you know and love the Lord and he just shines through you. Mm, Well, listen, on top of it all, I believe you have some gifts for some listeners. So my understanding is that you have two resources you'd like to give away. And just as a disclaimer, one of them is in print. And so it would be for an address that's available in the United States. But the other is an ebook, which we can send just about anywhere in the world. So if you would describe those, then I'll have you pick some numbers and we'll see how a new subscriber can get those. Great. So the paperback book that I would love to give away is called God is Real, the eyewitness testimony of a former atheist. So that is my personal journey from being an atheist to being a follower of Christ, and then how God just showed up again and again. There's also a lot of encouragement in there for you to go and be a witness for Christ, um, some encouragement for people that are followers of Jesus to go and share their faith so that someone doesn't have to say, hey, how can I be saved? Mm-hmm. Right. And what's a, qu- a quick number between one and okay. 20? I'll say five. Okay. So if you're our fifth subscriber, either through my website or Spotify or Apple podcast. Yes. Um, number five gets God is real. I do need a U.S. address for that winner. And then go on, please, about the ebook. Okay. So the ebook is that Dear Younger Me, um, 10 Nuggets of Wisdom to My Younger Self. And each of these nuggets are tied in with scripture and with personal stories that I hope everyone can relate to. And I'll pick number eight for that one. Number eight. Okay. Very good. All right. Then this is a win-win situation. Oh, Wonderful. Well, Kim, thank you so much for your time. I, again, think we could probably visit longer. As a matter of fact, I just need to have you back next November because we need to talk about your Advent resource. And um, we'll get that, you know, just done at the right time of the year. Well, listeners, thank you for joining me for the mystery of home education, and I will see you next time. We are gathering here for direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the mystery of home education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, 
visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.